Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday morning, January 30th in 2020 on When Our Eyes. We're in year A in the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. And today's text on Thursdays, we tend to do the New Testament text for the week. And so we're back in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31, as we continue to look at the opening stanzas of that letter from Paul to the church that he loved in the city of Corinth. So I will read that passage this morning. Provide a couple points of reflection, then we'll spend some time praying along its theme. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in prayer. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of the sage? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, but many were influential. Not many were noble birth. But God chose the foolishness of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore it is written, Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. This is the word of God for us. Okay, let me offer a couple points of reflection on this passage this morning. The letter to uh, to the Corinthians, the first uh, the, the letter First Corinthians in the New Testament is an interesting case study about what it means to influence a culture around you. Uh, in the church, we call it being a missionary or taking the mission of God to people who are unaware of it and making it known. Because in the same letter, on the one hand, Paul says that he becomes like all people in order to win some. He'll say that later in this very letter. But in this, in this early part of the letter, Paul says that he is totally comfortable with his preaching not being very uh, inspiring, about his wisdom seeming like foolishness, he doesn't captivate crowds and make them spellbound by his presentation. And so we have this interesting paradox. On the one end, Paul is eager to rush out into culture and to fit church life in order to, and to fit an appeal to the world around the church in a way where many people, all people, might be able to understand its meaning. On this other end, what we see in this first uh, part, the scripture that we read this morning, is that Paul says, that he's totally comfortable with allowing it to be what it is. And if it's foolishness uh, to some people, if it's a stumbling block to another audience, then may it be so. Because at the end of the day, it's Christ crucified and it's God's power who is drawing people 
to himself. I think this is an important challenge for some of us. Maybe some of us have been in church for a long time, and maybe we have some people in our life who are not believers, and we have this tension inside. We've got this burden that we're bearing. Uh, We'd like it, the message of Christ, to be something that all of our friends and all of our family members receive. And we're wondering, what can we do to kind of spice it up a little bit in order for them to gain a hearing? And I think what Paul tells us is a bit of attention, once again. On the one hand, let's study culture, let's study what's going on out there, and find where Christ is common and is hidden in all things around us. But also, let's allow ourselves to even be labeled as foolish because we believe the gospel for its own right, because it's the testimony about Jesus. And so maybe this is reaching out to some of us who've been, I don't know, a little reluctant to express our Christianity to the world around us because we want to be considered foolish. Since the very beginning of our movement, there have been times where the wise ones among the church, they just reckon with, there are times in which we say our peace, we say it with compassion, with humility, and if people will not embrace it, it's just not their time at this point. And that's one of the foundational points that Paul is laying here in the early part of the letter. So I want to pray for our friends. I want to pray for our friends that we're struggling with, family members that we've been struggling to convince about Christianity, and that God would give us a peace about it, and that we would only control the things that we know that we can't control, and so let God take care of the rest in the background. So let's hand our loved ones over to God again, allow the gospel to be the gospel, Allow our God to be God, allow the people in our life to be themselves, and somehow God takes it out of our hands, puts it in His hands, and He works out what He's going to work out in each life around us. So let's spend some time just praying for our loved ones and asking God to give us a peace about each of them as we seek to be friendly and hospitable and faithful to them and faithful towards the gospel. Let's pray together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gift of life today. We thank you for a brand new day. We thank you for our school day or our work day that extends in front of us. We thank you for the people that we get to interact with. God, I thank you that you've created us as relational beings, that we um, feel connected to you and that we feel a connection to others. God, today, uh, there are people in our lives that cause us great anxiety, and they cause us great anxiety because they may have reluctance to believe. We believe that the the most core thing of who we are is our faith in Christ, that you are our life, that as this passage has related to us, that you are our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. You are our all in all. And so when people in our life don't agree with us, when people don't place you central to who they are like we do, we have anxiety about that. But we thank you for the promises of Scripture, which tell us that we can cast all of our cares to you because you care for us. And so God, this day we give those in our loved ones in our life to you once again, particularly those who don't believe. God, we thank you that you hold all things together. We don't hold all things together. God, we thank you that we don't have to change the gospel story. We don't have to change the way it's proclaimed in order to get a better influence out there. That it's all you. That salvation belongs to our God. And so we hand over our loved ones to you once again. We place them in your caring hands, your wise hands, because we know that you know better. So God, give us a comfort, give us a peace about every life in our life that's connected to us who does not yet know you. God, we pray with boldness that you would open up their eyes, that you'd open up their hearts, that you'd open up their souls to hear the gospel, the good news, and that they would receive it as good news. So God, for spouses, for brothers and sisters, for kids, for co-workers, 
for lifetime, long life friends. God, we give them over to you. We pray that your love would awaken them and that they would love you because you first loved them. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you do your work in the lives of every life around us today. May your kingdom come and will be done. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.